0: Welcome to Proudly Asian, a podcast series that tells bold and proud stories of Asians by Asians. My name is Isabel, your podcast host, and I'm here to find stories that challenge biases we face every day. There's never just one way to look at Asians. This podcast will take you through a deep dive into the life stories, struggles, and triumphs of young Asians around the world. Welcome back to Proudly Asian. Perhaps you're wondering why I sound like this today, but you're going to find out very soon. And perhaps I should also rebrand this episode to Spooky Asian for one night only. On this spooky occasion, whether you're out trick-or-treating or or staying in to read your favorite cozy mystery novels, you're in for a treat if you're listening to this episode. because we have a very special guest with us. If you like true crime, especially true crime in Asia, you have heard of her. So let's bring in Teddy from a briefcase podcast. Teddy, welcome to Proudly Asian.
1: Hi, Isabel. Thanks for having me on.
0: Ooh, we finally have the iconic voice of Asia, true crime on Proudly Asian (laughs) for Halloween.
1: i love halloween yes
0: is it your favorite festival
1: well i i like dressing up for halloween but i gotta say i love birthday season i i hear we're both big leo energy girlies and i love christmas because i like getting presents so you
0: know what Mm. to do (laughs) Mm. yeah yeah have you got um any halloween costumes planned for this year
1: Like, the new Spider-Man came out, and I really, really wanted to go as Spider-Gwen.
0: Ooh. Yeah,
1: right. But then it's basically, don't eat
0: for the whole day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know if that's a good idea, but (laughs) I can't wait to see your photos. But now, going back to our chat, I don't know why I'm still using this voice, but... (laughs) But for our listeners to get to know more about you, let's start with a brief introduction. So Teddy, can you tell us who are you? What are you, and where did you grow up?
1: (laughs) Hi, listeners of Bradley Asian. I'm Teddy Dio. I am the host of a briefcase podcast, which is a true crime podcast. And it's a brief one, about 20 minutes or so for each episode. It comes out every Tuesdays because true crime Tuesdays. Yes, I'm from Singapore. And funny story, I was born in Ishun, which is somewhat considered the dodgiest part of Singapore, but not really. It's just very, like, just a series of unlucky things happened there <laughs> over the course of a few months. And it got the branding. Yeah.
0: Mm, nice, nice. So, I mean, I know among our podcast group friends, so because uh-huh. like we have a friend group that we we kind of like connect with our Asian podcasters from around the world. Yes. Um and you are specifically known to be the mysterious one and um <laughs> as our listeners can see also that you're also hiding behind a filter maintaining that mysterious image. So if I could ask you a fun question, is there like a fun fact about yourself that you haven't told many people about?
1: I do have a fun fact about myself that I just found out recently. So (laughs) (laughs) not sponsored, no plug, but I recently did one of those um, Ancestry DNA test kits, which is about you. I think you'd have so much fun doing it. Yeah, especially Mm. with your family and everything, having like lived all over. Um, And it turns out that I'm like both bougie Chinese, um, peasant Chinese, (laughs) Vietnamese. Yeah, where did that come from? I don't don't know. And then boom, we got 1% Norwegian. How? I don't
0: understand. How accurate is this? I don't know. Wow, that's so random. But um, does it allow you the option to kind of like trace your family tree, or like you have to pay extra to unlock that?
1: <laughs> it kind of does, but it's like it's like it depends on like the volume. So if a bunch of your relatives and staff have joined the system, I guess you'll be able to to hunt down your relatives really easily mm. and hunt down your family tree. But um i i found a a second or sixth cousin or something living in australia we i just saw her on the app we didn't talk or anything but literally um my boyfriend and regular host ruben he found like direct cousins and people who reached out to him being like hey i'm doing a genealogy project do you want to hop on
0: wow going back to your podcast right Mm -hmm. um I'm so curious, for those who are definitely into the true crime category, they must have heard of your podcast, a briefcase mm-hmm. podcast, but I'm curious about how it all started. When was the moment that you decided, okay, I'm going to do a show about creepy murders, <laughs> unsolved <laughs> mysteries?
1: <laughs> well, it was a COVID baby. Like um, Singapore's lockdown felt kind of long, like mm. like. I can't remember how long it was, but I was, it, it was just like, it almost feels like an endless day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, I think maybe two or three months into the lockdown, I was so bored. I, I I did everything. I baked so much bread, Isabel. I have the sourdough starter that's dying in my freezer right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else did I do? I painted. I And then at some point of time, I was listening to so much true crime and I was like, hey, there's no Asian true crime. I mean, right now there's so much Asian true crime. But like when I was listening during COVID, I was like, there's no Asian true crime. I'm going to do it. Like there was one, maybe two, but like, yeah.
0: Mm. But do you ever get nightmares when you do research for your show? Oh my God. Like, that's a great question because
1: I think it comes and goes but when I first started there was this one year like this few months where I just kept getting nightmares and I was like okay and then during that period I stopped doing like actual crime like violent crime. I stopped doing like the murders, the, the serial killers and mm-hmm. I started doing like white collar crime
0: which was a lot more peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more peaceful? I guess, I guess kind of yeah. Yeah. And since for this episode, we are definitely going to get into some of the haunting tales coming from Asia, right? I'm also curious, have you ever encountered ghosts or spirits yourself? I I don't think I have directly, but I have been in places
1: where, like, you know, have you ever stepped in a hotel room where you're like, ah, oh, this is a bit dodgy? Oh, yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: I think my parents' yeah. house is like kind of dodgy but not super dodgy because like there used to be little things that happened when we first moved in. But, but I wouldn't want to put it out there that like, hey, I think my parents' place <laughs> is not that low-key. <laughs> yeah, but like I've definitely been in hotels where I've been like, oh, thank God we're staying here for like a night because I don't want anything more than that.
0: I don't know about if it's like a everyone thing. But sometimes when you walk into a space, you have that sensation or something yeah. makes you feel numb or the chills. is like, yes. okay, there's this, this particular dark corner. Like you just keep on staring at it. It's like yes. you feel like something's there despite you don't see anything, right? Yeah. No, I, you know, I know what you mean. Like you feel cold, And it's just like you keep on staring at that corner. It's like just something is not right about it, but you just can't tell what it is. But something is making you feel uncomfortable or I don't know if that happens to you. But sometimes when I watch documentaries or YouTube shows of people um, checking out these haunted houses or places, I would get headaches. You know, we are both literally going to like try to sleep tonight and we're both going to be like staring at like our laundry or something. I'm After this recording, I'm going to watch the funniest show there is. Same. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh. And you but, know, they're going to release yeah. all the horror coming into
0: Halloween. That's true. That's true. Or when our... Um, Digital devices, they're a Siri. They're probably listening in, and then we're gonna get a whole lot of like ads and commercials about what we just talked about. Yes. <laughs> so it's oh a trap. God. It is a trap. <laughs> I have respect for you for coming on, Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, for those who click into this episode, they are not here to hear our chit chat. So, without further ado, why don't we just do this? Here's your back to back. Horror feast, and today we'll be serving you all the chilling haunted stories that are originating from Asia. And Teddy, since you're our guest, um, yes. what have you got for us? Well, I got the most classic
1: Singaporean horror for you, and I got a couple of spooky rituals because you know Asians we love our ritual horror
0: Ooh, now. It's about time for me to cue that horror music.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Isabel. So, I didn't go to army, but in Singapore, there is mandatory conscription. So... Usually, when the boys are about 18 or so, right before university, they'll go into an island for basic military training. And honestly, the only time that I've ever been there was just to like send my brother off or like, you know, send friends off. So it's fun. You eat at the cookhouse, you see where they sleep, it's great. Now, you have to take a ferry there and everything, so that tells you how isolated it is. But this island apparently is like massively haunted. And that the army and there's this rumor that the army camp there literally gets cleansed once a year which you're like i wonder what they budgeted until discretionary discretionary spending and also full discrepancy like for this particular story there's a few versions floating about and this is this is how i personally know the story as told by my brothers my male friends older male relatives And so at this point of time, it might become a little bit convoluted. So if you are Singaporean, you may have heard like a different version of this story. So I'll try to keep my ducks in a row as much as possible (laughs) with this. Now, it is said that the army camp is built on an old village. And either A, the villagers were like forcefully evacuated evacuated which made any like ancestral spirits not particularly happy or you know like something something related to world war ii and like the horrors of war and the japanese invasion of singapore you know you know how it goes but there were two particular spirits all right that enjoyed exploring the army camps they were like ooh, no longer a village is an army camp now and it said that the spirit was, the spirits were an old lady and her granddaughter. And so one day, a young recruit, he gets booked into the camp. And he, he's so homesick and he's, he's finding it difficult to live in the army after the comforts of home. Because, you know, Asian moms, they cook, they clean, they baby you. Yeah. And so very unlucky, he's placed in the very last bunk next to the window which sometimes I'm not sure if it's unlucky or unlucky imagine if you get you get a place between two snorers
0: yeah that's true when you're near the wall you probably have more space and privacy as well right right you can just like cull in and like yeah
1: yeah and so on one hand he gets good ventilation because it's near the window but on the other hand he's right next to the corridor so if anybody walks by he's woken up now everybody in his 12 men bunk has fallen asleep one night and he's like tossing and turning and then he's almost asleep but he hears footsteps next to the window and so he opens his eyes to take a look because he's like, oh is there like a sergeant coming to like tell us off? But there's nothing out there and he eventually falls asleep and nothing too weird happens And so he goes through his day, it's exhausting, he's homesick, he's like underpaid. (laughs) And the next night, the same thing happens. He's trying to fall asleep and he hears footsteps and he's like genuinely like, oh, I'm so annoyed. But then he also hears counting, like one, two, three. But this time he's exhausted from all the training and exercises. So he ignores it and he actually just falls asleep. And so now what is strange is that while he was falling asleep, he, he thought that he felt something on his bed. You know, when you feel somebody move or sit on your bed, but he's just so tired that he doesn't think about it. But when he wakes up the next morning, he's covered in bruises. Like his ankles are covered in bruises. But it isn't too much to worry about Because you know you're an army You don't know how your ankle bruises come it, it could be nothing right So during lunch he talks to his bunkmates about it Which I assume goes like Eh my ankle got bruises <laughs> And he was also like Hey did anyone hear the footsteps and the counting last night So annoying right And a senior sergeant overhears And the sergeant is like Hey is the ghost of a small girl and her grandma. And the girl likes to count sleeping men. So if you hear the noise, it's best that you be asleep. Or at least pretend to. Which I think is such a dick move because now it's like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to be able to sleep?
1: <laughs> and that's exactly what happened to the recruit. So that night, even though he was exhausted and he was lying in bed, he was thinking about exactly what the sergeant said. And this time, the footsteps, the counting, even louder. And now, with the 12 men in the room, he counts, he hears the counting one, two, three, and then hears it coming closer like eight, nine, ten, eleven and then silence and then the recruit feels the mattress move again except this time he was completely awake his eyes was closed he was trying to he was trying to be asleep and then he felt like the tickle next to his left yeah i know you're pretending Oh, <laughs> and so this I think is like the scariest story that I know from all my like male Singaporean friends, and I think like like a couple of others is like just seeing spirits when they're out on jungle training. But this is horrifying. Can you imagine you're like 18, you're out there for training, and
0: <sighs> wow, is it almost. A common thing to see spirits while out in the jungle. Is kind of like a thing that they don't even make a big deal out of?
1: Like literally every Singapore male man that has gone through arming will have a story or two. And like after basic training, you get posted to the camps and everyone has a story about their camp as well. So it's just such a thing.
0: Wow. But I want to ask: um, Have you ever heard about what happened to the person after? Are uh, the ghosts just messing with the man, or did they did anything unfortunate happen to them? Oh my god, Isabel! Can you hear the static? Yes. Oh my god! It literally happened as we we were telling the story. That's really <laughs> oh scary. God. Yeah, that's bad vibes. Wait, let me adjust it again, and then we can pick up right there. Just when we were getting into this question, some weird static noise interrupted the recording to the point that we had to pause it. And we couldn't figure out where the noise came from. But now let's get back into the conversation. So
1: usually, that's interesting. So it's one of those things where guys will be like, oh, that happened to my friend, quote unquote, my friend. But usually the ones that happen to them where it's not so creepy, where they're like, oh, I think I felt somebody sitting on my bed. They'll be like, oh, nothing happened after that.
0: Yeah. It's so creepy when you mentioned when the mattress moved because it reminded me of um, a story from my friend. And he said there was one day that he was chilling at home, just, you know, watching TV, reading and stuff. And suddenly because um, he's sitting on the sofa he could feel you know no. like when someone sits next to you there will be a bit of that movement yeah. and like a shadow um, on the sofa something like that yeah. right like he saw everything he felt everything except for an actual person <laughs> next I to him. hate that
1: no <laughs> it's like you know sometimes you like travel for work And then they put you in a twin room and then you have the other bed open and then you always feel like somebody's sitting on the other bed just like watching you. So I always try to put my suitcase there but then sometimes they have the other bed and a sofa that's pointed at the bed and I'm just like, Oh yeah. Why?
0: That's the worst. (laughs) Now, I'll try my best to bring... (laughs) The ghost story that i'm going to tell everyone on this episode and i was also try my best to keep this tone and voice so it doesn't switch genre to comedy in the middle of it <laughs> now this story is a very famous haunting tale from thailand so for those who came from thailand you might have heard of a few variations about this story And this story is taking you all on a chilling journey into the heart of Thailand, somewhere near Bangkok, I believe, where we'll be hearing about Mainak. And it's a tale that has haunted generations for centuries. And our story begins in a peaceful Thai village in Bangkok. Mainak was a beautiful young woman deeply in love with her husband, Mark. Their love was pure and unbreakable, and they lived a harmonious life together. But then, Mark was called to serve in the military and sent to war, leaving a pregnant Minarch behind. A few years later, when Mark eventually returned home from the military, he was united with his beautiful wife, who was waiting for him to come home all these years, But something felt different to Mark. Something didn't make sense. So essentially, Minark's behavior just appeared to be pretty strange and odd at times to Mark. For example, she had this abnormally huge appetite, eating large quantities of food without gaining weight. Which I think is not horrible. <laughs> I, I kind of wish, kind of wish. It's good news for girls It was pretty great. <laughs> now, as the villagers grew suspicious of Minak's odd behavior, one brave, brave neighbor actually came to Mark and be like, hey, I think you're living with a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> but Mark, I'm so sorry. Mark was like, "No, like, what are you talking about? That's impossible! Like, no, that's mm. my beautiful wife, right?" So one day, something strange happened again. Meinak was preparing this Thai spicy chili sauce, and she dropped a lime off the porch. She immediately leaned over to pick it up, but to the point that she really stretched her arm to an impossible length. To pick it up from the ground below and upon seeing that mark was like oh shit <laughs> like he realized his wife was really a ghost or just not human mm-hmm. so torn between love and fear mark decided to confront mynark and be like hey what are you and eventually he discovered that his beloved wife was a ghost and the cozy home was ruined now the part that bothers me is that so for the whole time like he's been maybe taking a shower sleeping Mm -hmm. or eating from a ruin and did he even eat real food that's the part that i wondered about
1: yeah (laughs) but like if you were an optimist and you saw her hand stretch, you'd be like, hey, my wife is elastical
0: <laughs> <laughs> from The Incredibles. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, then that suddenly changed into another genre, which is um, superhero. Yes, this isn't a horror story. Isabelle, it's a superhero movie. I know, plot twist. (laughs) And Mark is actually um, the Hulk. (laughs) Now, that night, Mark was like, No. I can't do this anymore. I can't be living with a ghost. So he decided to sneak out of the house. But Minark soon discovered that her husband was running away from her. So she started chasing him. And then eventually he ran to a local temple, which obviously in Thailand or anywhere else is considered holy ground. So any ghosts or spirits couldn't really follow. So in her grief, Minark decided to terrorize the people in the village that they lived in because she was really angry about how people Mm. told her husband about all these strange behavior and causing him to leave her eventually. So it was a trouble for the village for a while. However, eventually a powerful Buddhist monk came along and defeated Minarch by confining her spirit in the bone of her forehead and binding it to his waistband. So at this point, I'm wondering is a guy wearing someone's forehead bone the whole time (laughs) afterwards? Um, But then legend says that this waistband is currently in the possession of the Thai royal family and a Thai prince from a long, long time ago also admitted that they had such thing. In oh, the possession. He really? Yeah, yeah, but it was from a long time ago, not a recent prince, okay. which I find really intriguing when yeah. I was reading that. So in the end, it's a pretty tragic story. It was revealed that Minark was actually pregnant when Mark left for the military. And shortly after, both her and the unborn child died during labor because of a difficult childbirth Mm -hmm. so when Mark eventually returned home from the military he had no idea that his loved ones already passed away but Minak's love for him was so strong that even in death she couldn't be parted from him so she decided to return as a vengeful spirit hiding her true nature from Mark hoping that she could still be by his side But also that is a haunting reminder for us Mm. all that true love knows no boundaries and even in the world of supernatural. Mm. It's a sad story. (laughs) I think it's
1: a bit of an unfair, unfair story. I think it unfairly villainizes women like a lot of things Mm. in the past. I mean, like, first of all, until her village friends knocked her out. <laughs> I I don't think her husband was particularly unhappy. Yeah, sure she he was lying, she was lying to him, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't like she cheated on him. It wasn't... Up to the point, she was like a victim. She died in childbirth. She mm-hmm. was just trying to lift the rest off. And at, at some point, like, I guess he would have died as well and they could have stayed as ghosts in that village. <laughs> like, like, truly, there was nothing wrong with it. I guess the... Maybe she could have communicated with her neighbours a little bit better. Like, hey, I know I'm dead, <laughs> but like, can you like, keep it on the lowdown for a little bit. And if she really wanted to, she could have communicated it in a reasonable way. She could have been, I mean, okay, I hate it. I hate, I hate communication, but like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, is this a relationship podcast, Isabel? Transcending human
0: spirit <laughs> relationships. I know. I know, we are breaking all the barriers. <laughs> I don't even know what this is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> But, but I feel like mm-hmm. if if she returned as a ghost and then started reasoning with um her neighbors and knowing mm. that um they lived in an era that was um from a long time ago, not modern days, right? Yeah. I feel like the neighbors would probably like freak out and then knowing, <laughs> you know, Asian aunties and uncles mm. who would probably gossip to the point that it would still not end well for them. It would still spread in, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's kind of rough. I don't know. Okay,
1: but at this point of time, if like so it's it's like the question, like if your friend is lying to their partner, it would be fair, it wouldn't be fair to not them out immediately, but you would go to them to, to the neighbors and be like, you would go to the person lying and you'd be like, hey, what you're doing is a little bit fucked up. Mm.
0: Um
1: and then i'll be like you need to tell him eventually but i'm not going to tell him but if you don't tell him by like maybe like two months or something of living in this (laughs) half alive situation i'll tell him but i'm telling you that i will tell him instead of just like springing it on her you are so brave would you actually tell a ghost You know, like, sometimes um, you, when you go into, like, a really scary hotel and then, like, it's not by choice, like, somebody else booked it or whatever. Ah, uh, yeah. Sometimes, like, if I'm alone, I'll speak to the room. I'll be like, hey, I, I feel like I feel something, but I'm just, like, staying here for tonight. So, like, I really don't want to bother you and don't bother me. So, I
0: think it works.
1: You know what I mean? Mm,
0: yeah. 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 That's true. When you reason with them.
1: Yeah, like, when you sometimes. think about it, ghosts are just, like, dead people. And people are generally kind of nice.
0: Yeah. I mean, with this story, I also have an interesting question. Let's say one day you you pass away (laughs) and you leave behind a boyfriend or husband or or someone you really love. Would you actually haunt him?
1: Oh, wow. I mean, did he like cheat on me? Or did he like hook up with someone right after like I died?
0: I don't know. Maybe he's just—he didn't do anything. Maybe he was still grieving.
1: Oh, I mean, I come and say bye.
0: Like
1: I—I mm. I would. Do so it for you wouldn't everyone. stick around. I wouldn't stick around, but I might like visit once or twice a so year, which is such mm. an Asian thing to say. <laughs> 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 like, like maybe like Christmas or maybe my birthday, maybe my death day. Ooh, <laughs> and I wouldn't just visit him. Like, if everybody else was still around, I would like do make make my rounds, you know. <laughs> so now you
0: you know yeah. your friends should expect your spirit
1: yes, <laughs> on if, some
0: special occasions.
1: <laughs> if I die in um, a tragic accident where I'm still young and beautiful... Bury me like really hot, like in something that my mom wouldn't approve of, like really hot. And since I'm dead, you can like get me like the smallest spanks you can find. <laughs> I mean like I'm dead, lipo me while I'm dead. That's great. Um and then yeah, expect me to come around on my birthday, I guess. Maybe Christmas. Mm. No, mm. no, I won't come around during Christmas. But we'll be hungover. Yeah, but definitely my birthday. Expect me in my birthday. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah I also thought about that question and then I was thinking like if there was a way for me to access whatever gods or or mm-hmm. something I'll be like hey um like my boyfriend is a really good person can you make him rich
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Isabel you're such a sweetheart
0: you are a lovely a lovely person that's great or maybe I, I would remember whoever was good to me when I was yeah. still alive and was like, make sure that they are okay. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but now I know that you have prepared a story related to a ritual. Yes. So can you tell us about it? Well, I don't know why, but rituals are almost more scary
1: than like ghosts that lurk in a certain place because you know like ghosts, ghosts that lurk in a certain place or haunt a, a person sometimes you think they're like tethered but like rituals make it feel like you can almost accidentally or intentionally summon something mm-hmm. into your house so the second one is definitely more of a ritual and than a typical scary story and this one is called one man hide and seek And this one haunted my teenage years because for some reason, everybody on the internet was playing it. And it's a Japanese ritual. And apparently, this is a way to play hide and seek with a ghost, which please don't. So as with all scary things, I strongly recommend that you do not do this. And if you look on the internet, you'll be able to find the exact steps as well but don't <laughs> but don't first you'll need a doll, any sort of doll i I think if you really want to screw with yourself, you can get a scary doll, but I think it's also kind of funny if you've got like a zoom zoom, <laughs> but <laughs> the doll needs to have like arms and legs, so maybe not a zoom zoom, maybe like a What's, what's really cute and popular now? Pikachu. Like a Pikachu. Oh my god, a, a stubby arms and legs coming after you. Yeah. Does that work? I think it does. Okay, so now you're going to cut open a hole in the back of the doll and you're going to empty out all the cotton stuffing and then you're going to fill it with rice and then you're going to cut off your own fingernails and then you make sure it's your real fingernails, not like extensions because I know we all cut a little bit of extensions. And then you're going to put it in the doll and some of, some of the internet ones say put in some blood, but I'm just like, oh, but if you put in blood, you're going to make it powerful. All right? And then afterwards, you close up the hole with a piece of red tread. And then you also get, need to give the doll a name, which I think is also kind of dumb because you can give the doll a stupid name, like um, Charles II. <laughs> 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 oh and, and then so you need to do this at night and you need to do this at about 3am and the moment the clock hits 3am you need to call the doll three times so I think to make this less scary for yourself I recommend giving it a dumbass name and then <laughs> you need to tell the doll okay you are it and then so now you need to go to the bathroom and put the doll in some water they recommend a bathtub but I think a lot of Asia doesn't do, like your home does not have a bathtub unless you are hella rich and hella bougie
0: exactly yeah
1: <laughs> It's, no, but Japanese homes all seem to have bath taps. I think it is a, a cultural thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Like yeah, a tiny bath So, but I guess if you're like in in Hong Kong, or Singapore, oh yeah, you
0: need to be making a lot of money to have a bathtub at home.
1: Yeah. It's about-
0: Unfortunately, I only have a standing shower. <laughs> Same. So, like, get a bucket. <laughs> we, we're them. not rich enough to do this. So, <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> it's literally a ritual. <laughs> oh. <okay>. <laughs> well <laughs> done, you. <laughs> it's a ritual. <laughs> <laughs> now this is official. This is comedy, everyone. <laughs> Okay Now y'all rich bitches
1: Go put your doll in the tub And then The rest of us will just Put it in a bucket I guess Maybe the sink I don't know Okay like you put the doll into the water You need to go around your house And turn off the lights But you need to turn on the TV And it's kind of strange Because I assume They mean turn it onto one of the empty channels But all TVs are now smart TV, So I just get it on the home page. <laughs> mm. And then after that, you need to go to a hiding place. So maybe like a closet or something or a room with a cup of salt water and you put the salt water on the ground and then you count to 10 and then you go back to the you go back to the bathroom and in the water, you take like you stabbed the doll with a pointy thing. So now it's recommended that you use like a mechanical pencil or something that isn't like too little because there is the potential that you get stabbed back. And now... After stabbing the doll... Telling the doll... That they found it... You need to go back to your hiding place... And hide because you are now it. And apparently all sorts of shit... Is going to start happening. And when you actually research this online... Because there's a bunch of people... Who tried doing this... There's literally... Voice recordings... Like audio recordings... And video recordings of the TV... Starting to act up... And like you start to hear like... Footsteps and voices... I mean... I don't want to say that it's not impossible but it's so scary
0: Mm.
1: and you start to hear hear doors opening and closing and there's also people who've gotten hurt from playing this game as well as people who've gotten like physically and also like spiritually hurt and so I, I have literally no idea why people would do this and when you're done messing around It's recommended that you don't do this for more than two hours because, like, after two hours, the spirit will get too strong to get rid of. You need to put half the cup of water in your mouth, but don't swallow it. You just, like, hold it in your mouth. And then I I assume the salt water is some sort of protection but it also says no matter what happened you shouldn't spit out the salt water yet but I don't know what happens if you swallow the salt water does it mean you get extra safe (laughs) should should you just drink a bunch of salt water before you start this ritual like before you're just like (laughs) glugging salt water (laughs) I, I like mm. with the logistics of this ritual why don't you just carry around you know like those those like shopkeepers to carry on their cleaning spray why don't you just carry around a cleaning spray of salt that's water
0: that's
1: true yeah you see what that's we're a doing as question. Well?
0: Yeah. ritual yeah. consultants
1: we're consultants
0: now PS. this is when some Asian aunties are gonna come out and say hey don't question it <laughs> <laughs> okay so
1: after that with your cup of salt water in your hand and half the salt water in your mouth, you need to walk around the house looking for the doll. And the doll probably won't be where you left it in the bathroom. And you can safely assume that doll doll is, might try to stab you at some point of time. And when you finally find the doll, you have to pour the rest of the water in the cup and spit the water from your mouth into the doll and then you can say I win three dimes, which is supposed to end the ritual. But low-key, I don't think it ever does. Um, oh. Yeah, but just saying this ritual out loud is giving me like creeps. Like I have like goosebumps right now. And like mm. low-key, I'll probably delete the Google Doc with this afterwards. That's I a do, good idea. I, I'll yeah. do the same. Yeah, no, but like, so I've read like um, accounts of this where even after they complete the ritual, it basically just haunts them for the rest of wow. their life. Yeah.
0: And how long has this ritual been trending? Is this kind of like a new TikTok trend or? No. So like, I think this was popular right
1: out of middle school. Like in middle school, uh-huh. this was on the internet already. Um, together with a bunch of rituals that came out at, if you believe in like. The Illuminati or something, I would be like, oh y'all, they, they came up with this shit to haunt people. Because this came out, there was something else called the elevator game that came out, which is basically how to get a ghost in with you. The the cell phone game came out, which is how to call uh how to call the underworld from a payphone. And oh. that's literally one that's a driving game, and if you drive like certain distances and do certain things while driving, at some point, a ghost will hitchhike with you. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, but for some reason, the doll one is the scariest because the idea of something invading your home.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it's just, why would anyone do that? Why would anyone openly invite um, a spirit into their home? Yeah. <laughs> I still don't understand that.
1: I think literally the other day I just saw this like young YouTuber go to essentially the the most haunted hotel in New York and play the elevator game to try to get one of the the ghosts to hang out with them in an elevator and I was just like I thought you were smarter than this oh, yeah wow
0: so that was a Japanese ritual but you are mm-hmm. also about to tell us another one. Yeah. So now this is a
1: Southeast Asian ritual, and I swear it was way more popular before the 2000s. And also, I think because the housing prices were a bit more reasonable before the 2000s, so people could afford houses instead of apartments. (laughs) To do all these rituals, right? (laughs) Right. So I... I guess for this particular one, you need a banana tree. If you Mm. don't have a home, I guess you can go vacation in like a hotel with a banana tree. And I guess if you can't do that, maybe you could get a potted banana tree off Amazon or something. (laughs) Okay, so let's say you're, you're doing your gap year backpacking thing and you've run out of cash in southeast asia and your airbnb has a banana tree well i have a ritual for you isabel <laughs> so you take a red string and then you nail it to the tree and then you tie the string to your bit or to your foot and at night when you go to bed, you'll basically see like a banana spirit. So in Chinese it translates directly to banana spirit. But if you're Southeast Asian, you might be like, oh, it's a Puntiana, which is basically female ghost vampire that dies in childbirth. Mm. And then now you can ask him questions like what's tomorrow's lottery number for the Powerball, or like, what's the next 4D number? And in exchange, you have to promise to set them free. And it isn't clear on how to do this. I assume that you pay like a exorcist or a bomo man some money, some of your winnings to set them free. And if you don't, they will hunt you down and you'll end up dying a horrific death. And there is this other legend that this uh, very frisky, very horny young man, (laughs) he did this to, to try to get laid. And apparently it was great. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And then so he kept doing it again and again. And when they found his body, it was shriveled like a husk.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Would you do it though? No? <laughs> Why would I? <laughs> Especially you didn't even share how we set. Said- the set the spirit free. free. <laughs> so
1: so part of me is like okay like if you knew for certain that if you did this and you set the spirit free both of y'all were getting something that you wanted out of it it's more like a business negotiation than just just mm. fucking around with something but like I wish you you knew for certain but so the lesson is don't don't mess with things you don't understand.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I mean they could give you a random set of numbers but then they don't guarantee that you're gonna win
1: exactly why do people always always think that ghosts know things yeah. do, do you think that they can fly into the pools like the gambling um organizations and just be like oh yeah they're gonna be <gasps> i have a theory Mm. if i was a ghost and i was trapped in an area and i was going to trade my freedom with somebody for lottery tickets here's what i would do i would be like oh isabel you want the number okay you gotta set me free all right and this is how maybe i'll even tell you the instructions to set me free and then i'll be like okay you want the lottery numbers and then after that what i would do would be fly off and find a guy who was sorting out the lottery number and like try to possess (laughs) him (laughs) for like uh, whatever when he, whenever he's working pulling out the numbers and then I'll pull out the numbers there we go that's how they get the lottery <laughs> numbers they possess the the guy doing the numbers mm. for the lottery
0: that day but in that sense you will be so powerful to the point that I feel like you wouldn't even be waiting for a human to set you free you trap them you trap them into setting you free Mm. Mm. i guess i'm just trying to make sense of it if it's like if you're such a powerful spirit that you can tell the future you can control humans then you probably are some sort of a senior spirit a ghost why would you be doing something so low level right (laughs) (laughs) i guess
1: we'll never know Mm. unless you get somebody well, your next guest should be a uh, should be somebody like that, like a exorcist.
0: Oh dear. Like a- <laughs> <laughs> Then I guess I really have to rebrand the show. Then. <laughs> <laughs> so those are rituals that are famous in Asia. Now, before we close out the episode, I want to tell everyone about a very famous urban legend that really haunts me and those that who have heard about it so initially i didn't know about this urban legend but i was just researching for um, last time that i guessed it on teddy's podcast <laughs> show which we talked about haunted stories and urban legends in asia and this specific legend is coming from hong kong so what's very intriguing or i would say chilling about this urban legend is that it's not just any urban legend it's an actual event that was published all over headlines in local newspapers back in 1981. so at the tong bound platform in yao mate mtr station in kowloon back when there were no automatic doors multiple bystanders at this busy station waiting for the train including the train driver saw a girl jumping off of the platform onto the tracks a lot of people saw it so the driver immediately hit the brakes it was like oh shit he didn't want to kill anyone right but as the train carried on its forward momentum before coming to a stop it was assumed that she had already been crushed under the vehicle and some witnesses also reported that they heard a loud scream and some disgusting noise as the Mm. train was crushing the body. But amazingly, um, as the police and firemen and everyone, um, emergency workers, arrived at the scene, they did not discover a single trace of that person who fell on the track. Um, And the incident was later filed by the local police as a mass hallucination so it was on the police file and one other detail that was later circulated among the city or the people who were talking about it was that Apparently a friend of that girl in question said her friend had actually bumped into a girl who looked exactly like herself on the platform. So imagine at the platform you're like, wait, why is there another person who looks exactly like me? Like who's that person? And that doppelganger later on was the girl who jumped off um, onto the tracks just when the train was pulling in and so imagine the horror that you are watching someone who looks exactly like you jumping off yeah and you're just like what, what the hell just happened so of course that girl was scared she rushed out of the station but apparently that friend of hers claimed that she died of a sudden cardiac arrest a few days later i hate that <laughs> It's so bizarre.
1: It almost feels like she witnessed um, It's like a, a multiverse version of her.
0: Yeah, but it's just like, why? And then also at the same time, it was on police file. It was on the newspaper. So a lot of people witnessed that. Yeah. It's just so hard to explain what's going on. So I would be curious for our listeners who... Are from Hong Kong, who are based in Hong Kong, if you know about this urban legend, can you reach out to us and tell us if this really happened or it's fake news or what exactly happened?
1: Right? Oh my gosh. Wow, it's it's almost been 40 years since this happened. And what's crazy, like the amount of documentation on it. Yeah. That's- I feel like I wouldn't be so quick to dismiss it as mass hallucination. Mm. But if I was the police investigating this, I would be like, I understand, but there really was no girl under the tracks.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Okay, so here are some conspiracies that I thought about while you <laughs> telling the story. Okay, A, there was a girl. But the police are covering up the body. Like, everybody in charge is covering up the body. And that her death was like a statement for something that the powers beyond us are trying to... Yeah. If the girl was a whistleblower and her death was meant to whistleblow something huge. And in the 1980s, I believe that... Like, I'm not sure how accurate my Asian history is. Maybe... Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but in the 1980s, I believe the Chinese triads were still pretty strong, especially if Kowloon was still existent at that point of time. Mm.
0: Uh, Second conspiracy, aliens. (laughs) Oh, aliens. Yeah. 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 I love all the conspiracy theories that you always come up. For all the cases that you covered. Because like you really, I mean, you really come up with ideas that I've never thought of before. And and those those could be true because you were kind of um making your guesses based on some history and facts. That, so I really mm. like that about you. Oh,
1: Isabel. <laughs> you think, do you think the same thing could happen again today, especially
0: with like CCTV literally everywhere? I know. Um it will take a lot of effort, a lot of coordination, I would yep. say. I, w- I wouldn't say it's impossible in any part of the world, but definitely it will take a lot of people to coordinate that whole thing. It's
1: almost like, you know, like how with technology advancing as it is, you're, you're like, ah, there's no way that c- there can be serial killers or like mass murderers mm. out there, but
0: there still is. That's true. That's true. I feel like... Every era, there's just like a new type of crime, right? Because like before CCTV or this kind of surveillance existed, um, it would make it a little bit more common for serial killers to go around. Mm -hmm. But these days, I think um, the tracking is so advanced that people would normally be tracked down before they even commit another crime. But then that doesn't mean there aren't any crimes that are specific to like This day and age. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So those were... The haunted tales that Teddy and I have specifically prepared for your enjoyment on this Halloween. I hope you all enjoyed them. And if you have heard of um, any follow-ups or additional context information about what we just talked about, feel free to reach out to us because we're so curious to hear any conspiracy theories or any takes that you guys have. But before we go, um, I just have a few more questions for you, Teddy, because so far you, you've done so many episodes um of your podcast covering mm-hmm. so many um gruesome murders, creepy cases around Asia throughout the years. So It makes you an expert in this domain, in a sense. (laughs) But I'm wondering if, um, you know, after looking at so many cases, so many files, right, have you actually identified maybe any like common themes, any key takeaways or nuggets of wisdom that you could share with our listeners?
1: Mm. I would say that I am wholly unqualified to give advice in
0: many aspects of my life. Definitely not advice on how to kill people.
1: (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) I I think I would be great advice on how to kill people. (laughs) Oh my god, here's my advice if you're going to kill somebody, but don't. um, Don't keep mementos. I feel like people always get caught because they keep,
0: like, Mm. something.
1: Yeah the best advice is to not do crime just just don't do crime That's and also true. assume that everybody that you meet on the internet is out to get you and and possibly don't trust FOMOs or like exorcists or medicine men however however they're called in your country because like we did cover two cases where people people went to them for help like um one about a Bomo who was also a serial killer in Indonesia and Mona Fandi in Malaysia, where a politician actually went to her for help in the upcoming elections and he got killed. So don't Wow. Yeah. Oh, to sum it up, play shit games and win shit prizes.
0: you always have very good um nuggets of wisdom to share with our listeners i still remember last time when i was on your show Were you asking me about like how to treat a body after I killed someone? (laughs) (laughs) Like, how would I do that? (laughs) And then I was just like, "Uh, I probably just wouldn't roll up my own sleeves. Maybe I would try to make enough money (laughs) and hire somebody to do it. (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) Please don't.
1: Charlie, uh, no. Asian, Teddy, and Isabel hold
0: no liability if <laughs> you do, because we told you not to. <laughs> do not do. Don't do anything that we just talked about in this episode. So for the small group of listeners who haven't checked out your show and they would like to, where can they find you? And Teddy, are you working on any upcoming projects? So you'll be able to find
1: me on Instagram at A Briefcase Podcast. If you search on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all major podcast networks, you'll be able to find us at A Briefcase. And we do have a website at a abriefcasepodcast.com. Mm. We will definitely be regularly posting. We're up to episode 114 at this point at, mm. th- at the time of recording, which is insane. Because wow. I thought that I would give up at like episode 10 if nobody listens.
0: <laughs> wow, that consistency it it, it says something. Wow, <laughs> congratulations! Ooh. And um, on this Halloween, um, what are you planning to do? Do you have any? usual ritros that you do um, for this spooky night well isabel i like to dress
1: up really inappropriately and go party (laughs) i am maybe a little bit too old to be dressing up inappropriately but know that i probably will until i get told off
0: I guess for me, I have a boring ritual. I'll probably Mm -hmm. just make a cup of chai or um, spicy hot chocolate and with my Wuthering Heights. Oh,
1: that's so cozy. That sounds so cozy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I still remember back then as a high school student, I was studying English literature and it was around the time that's like winter time. And that was when we did the assignment for Wuthering Heights. And ever since um, autumn and winter has always felt like the time that you should Mm. reread that book. (laughs) I love it. I'm going to be so jealous when I'm hungover on the first. (laughs) (laughs) Just make sure you hydrate yourself and you'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) This is totally not spooky advice. But before we go, I just have one last question for you, Teddy. Um, Mm -hmm. Since you're from Singapore, I'm wondering if you have um, your own take on what it means to be proudly Singaporean. To be proudly
1: Singaporean is to complain about everything. (laughs) You love everything everything that you're complaining about and you wouldn't change it (laughs) Mm. but also when food is really good you don't say oh that's really good you say "Ah, it's all right (laughs) except when it's made by somebody that loves you then even when the food sucks you say wow this is great
0: (laughs) oh I love it yeah Nice. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this very spooky night, Teddy. And I'm wishing everyone a happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Thanks so much, Isabel. that's it for this episode of proudly asian don't forget to follow us on instagram at proudly.asian for more content we are on spotify apple podcasts and youtube leave us a five-star review on wherever you get your podcasts thanks for tuning in and signing off for now i'm isabel Wong.